their stories being told. By people who are out of their minds. That's what we've always believed. Lie Patrol, an edutainment podcast that brings to light ingenious, interesting, and sometimes unbelievable stories from history and mixes in creative storytelling. Every episode, we hope you learn at least four facts that you can use around the dinner table or at the kombucha bar to astound your family, friends, or that guy who's doing yoga in the booch line. The headlines are ear-catching, that can't be true, factoids, while the explanations show you just how real they are. Every week, there will be two little lies thrown into the mix to keep us on our toes and vigilant for the truth. My name is Brenna. And mine is Michael. The topic this week is doggos. Puppers. Humanity's best friend. You know, dogs. Mispronunciation disclaimer. Before we start, we apologize in advance for any mispronunciations that occur. We tried to do our due diligence to find the correct pronunciations of names and places, but there will be a couple times this episode we fall short. Definitely. Yeah, thank goodness we got all of these small texts out of the way. (laughs) So, we liked our pickle episode so much, we decided to drink again for this one. So... (laughs) There's going to be so many people turning off like, oh drunks <laughs> well this uh, are we calling these our after hours episodes or something like that <laughs> sure i mean they're just the lie patrol after hours <laughs> all right well anyways everyone cheers cheers down the hatch i like how it's not glass <laughs> okay yeah we have plastic shot glasses that were on sale because they were left over from uh cinco de mayo looks like yes which are also about a year Cinco old. Cinco de Cuatro. <laughs> Would you like to? Start Do you want to hear off? my headlines? You're just gonna talk over me every time, or yes. All right. All right. So before I start, this week was weird. Instead of focusing on dogs as a whole, I looked at specific dogs that needed their stories told. So here are my headlines. Wow, you think you're special? Okay. Chips is the only dog to receive a Silver Star and Distinguished Service Cross serving the U.S. Army and then have them rescinded. (gasps) I hope that's not true. Bobby the Wonder Dog took the longest dog vacation in recorded history. (laughs) Laika is the name of the first living being in space. What was that? Laika is the name of the first living being in space. For some reason, I feel like that dog's name was Micah, but I guess Laika is probably close. I swear, I swear, if your lie is that you changed a letter in a dog's <laughs> name, I'm going to flip. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the second one is true because um, our dog, Sierra, she's been on dog vacation since she was born, probably. I'm kidding. She's just on dog vacation right now. Uh <sighs> Yeah, we're definitely adding a picture of her to our show notes, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Good. Oh, I yeah, hope so... you put plenty of dogs in your show notes. Yes. Good, because I got <laughs> puppers. <laughs> I, I only have puppers for one story. Anyways, anyways, this is off topic. Um, All right. Ah, geez. First one sounds like a bummer. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh... <laughs> I realized as I was writing these, they're all kind of bummers. Oh, you have bummer yeah, stories. I don't know how I made dogs 
bummers, but I did. So here we are. <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with... This is going to be the problem. Let's go with Laika. Okay, Laika is the name of the first living being in space. Because so, wasn't she a cosmonaut? This one is the biggest downer this week. I know, she dies up there, doesn't she? So let's get to it. <laughs> so do you know what a mongrel is? A mongrel? Like, okay, it's either a dog breed that's still part wolf, or it's a dog breed that is basically not a breed. So I didn't know either. Okay, so I guess we don't know what he's saying. <laughs> uh, I Actually, you're kind of right. Basically, a mongrel is a mixed mixed breed dog with no known purebred ancestors. Oh, okay. So, like, here's the mongrel. Pretty much any dog from the pound is a mongrel. Um, yeah, because you don't know what it is. Yeah. I can't wait to tell people when they're like, oh, she's so cute. What is she? A mongrel. <laughs> Which is different than a mixed breed because a mixed breed, you know, at least one of the parents breeds. So we don't know what parent was what. That's fine. Anyways, that's completely unrelated to the story, but yes, I yes, found yes. it very interesting. Sputnik's first launch was on October 4th, 1957 and started the space race. Sputnik 1 reached an apogee or the farthest point from Earth at 584 miles. Armed with just a radio transmitter, the travel companion circled the globe for a few weeks, relaying data back to Earth, then floated unpowered for around two months before falling back to Earth on January 4th, 1958. The next step was to see if a living being could survive in space. So, oh man, so the, the Sputnik program is so just... It's bonkers. It's bonkers. It's straight bonkers. Pull back a few months. Soviet recruiters searched the streets of Moscow for female dogs. Female dogs were chosen as they were thought to be more docile. Oh, the dogs The dogs went training, or I guess testing is probably a better word. First, they were tested on obedience and temperament. They were also tested on their reactions to loud noises and changes in pressure. One of the last tests for the finalists was to live in tiny pressurized capsules for days and eventually weeks at a time. Oh. Two dogs emerged. Okay, here's where the, the, the disclaimer comes in. Kudryavka, the cosmonaut, and Albina as the backup. Albina? Well, kind of. Oh, no. There were rumors that Albina had actually performed better in the test than Kudryavka, but Albina had recently given birth to puppies and had won over the hearts of her handlers. Oh, God. I mean, like, I would never wish anything on any dog, but... That dog definitely was working the crowd. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I swear. I just, I'm glad mama didn't go either. <laughs> Both dogs had microchips implanted in them that monitored their vital signs and physical movement. Both dogs were also introduced on Russian radio and Kuryadka barked, which caused her to get the nickname Laika or uh, you want to take a guess what it means in, in Russian? No. Cyrillic. Barker. Smart. <laughs> that's wow. That's on the nose. <laughs> High IQ indeed. <clears throat> so they're really they like those really figurative kind of names. So Sputnik's first launch was on October fourth. On November third, Lyco was loaded into her capsule and was forced into space at five thirty a.m. with a with a force of five Gs. She reached orbit alive, but with her heart rate and breathing rate many times the normal rate. She orbited the Earth in a little over 100 minutes. However, a lack of heat shield caused the temperature in the capsule to reach dangerous levels. After three orbits, the temperature in the capsule was over 90 degrees. And all the sources I saw didn't specify Fahrenheit or Celsius. 
but because it was the USSR, I imagine that was Celsius. Uh, she probably didn't survive much after two orbits. However, the Russian people didn't know that. The official line from the USSR government was that she survived seven days in orbit. The capsule continued to orbit Earth for another five months. One of the leading scientists on the Soviet Animals in Space program, Oleg Gazenko, spoke out in 1998 and said, The more time passes, the more I'm sorry about it. We did not learn enough from the mission to justify the death of a dog. Oh my god. <laughs> Laika was the only dog the Russians sent up that had no plans to return to Earth. Four other dogs did die in the Russian space program, but only due to instrumentation faults or recovery plans that did not work out. They were Bars, Lashika, Puchelka, and Mushka. Not going to go super deep, but... Bars and Lashika were on the same test mission and were sent out in a Vostok spacecraft. The booster exploded after 38 seconds in air. Pshalka and Mushka were aboard Sputnik 6. The mission went according to plan until re-entry. The re-entry burn was performed at an incorrect orientation, causing the capsule to return at too steep of an angle, destroying the capsule. So, while you're reeling from this story, some history about the Sputnik program. Oh good, that's what I wanted. So, I, I mentioned this earlier, but the Russians stacked these space launches on top of each other. The purpose? Nikita Khrushchev wanted a flight on November 7th to commemorate the 40th anniversary of the Bolshevik Revolution. Oh. They're like, ah, oh, yes, <laughs> we should kill more dogs. <laughs> Let's honor the Bolsheviks. Sputnik 1, with just the radio <laughs> instrumentation, launched on October 4th, 1957. Sputnik 2, with Laika in tow, was on November 4th of the same year. After Sputnik 2, the Russians started spacing out their launches. Sputnik 3 being in May 1958, Sputnik 4, May 1960, 5 in August 1960, and Sputnik 6 in December 1960. So I guess in 1960 they also kind of had a fun rush. Fun fact about Sputnik 5, oh, this will bring you up. It contained 40 mice, 2 rats, and a collection of plants, and 2 dogs. Belka and Strelka. Belka and Strelka. Oh, I like it. <laughs> this mission was a success, and Belka and Strelka became the first dogs to return from a space mission. Strelka ended up giving birth to six puppies. Khrushchev gifted one of the dogs to... Putin. <laughs> I don't think he was alive at the moment. I'm sorry. It's 1960. Okay, well, 19... Maybe 61, I don't know. 1960. It's, I, I, honestly, uh, I should have I done more research, but... uh. I don't know that many Russians. Don't hint, look at me like he... <laughs> hint, it wasn't a Russian he gifted it to. Oh. Uh, 60s. Who's our president? <laughs> You're gonna regret saying that. <laughs> he gifted it to Caroline Kennedy. Oh. Daughter of John F. Kennedy. Oh no, Caroline Kennedy? Oh, oh my god. Oh, so I did, like, in, 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 in looking up this, they had like... I have no idea how many dogs, but they had, like, more than six. Oh, yeah, no, no, they had a lot of dogs. They had a dog, lot of dogs. Dog it's great. <laughs> it was nuts. Anyways, uh, the dog was named Pushinka, which means fluffy. Oh. And, okay, and, I am liking these names a lot. <laughs> and and, and, and the, do the, dog was, the dog was pretty fluffy. Was it, yeah, was it there's picture, There's pictures of, of uh, well, Pushinka. Well, imagine they would. That was a big deal. They gave their freaking Oh, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll add this to the show notes. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole letter that goes along with the dog, and then, like, John, like, sent back a, a letter to, to Khrushchev. Like, they had, like, a really interesting dynamic. Anyway, 
like the the Cold War was nuts, but man, those two guys like they they definitely like respected each other. It was very weird. Can I also just stand up for myself and say not only did we just take that brandy shot, but that's not the first alcohol I've had tonight. So don't <laughs> even with the president which one's sixty because you know what? That's a little bit before my time, anyways. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! Can I circle back around okay. to Leica? Oh yes. Did you say that that capsule was up there for another five months? Yes, there was a deceased dog. A dog was just in orbit for for five months. Four months and 30 days, yeah. Oh my god, that is horrifying. Yeah. Oh my god, (laughs) that poor baby. Well, it, she didn't last that long, so, like, I'm not... So, I mean, that so, was longer than she should have. It would have been great if it was an instant death. So, uh, one of the things I didn't put in here, but I guess uh, this is just... Not a, great. I didn't mean it like it was, oh, good, fun times, instant death. Uh, just just a footnote. Uh, the, the scientists were told not to feed her before they put her in the capsule, so she wasn't expected to live that long anyways, but... The, she went up hungry. Well, one of the handlers uh, took her home the night before and, and basically fed her fed her dinner and was like, she deserves better than, than this. And Yeah, and... like she deserves a last meal. Mm-hmm. So. She's a good girl. I think that's what some people don't understand is, uh, like, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff like this where animals, animals have been used for science, but there are stories about people, people in general are... It's hard for them to be heartless. You have stories like that where they're like, I couldn't do that to her. <laughs> yeah, no, and like, I totally agree with uh, uh, the, Oleg. The guy running the program. Oleg Gazenko, where like, they they, just, they didn't learn, they didn't send up that much instrumentation with, with Sputnik 2. Like, they just didn't learn enough to, just, to justify the whole dealio. Yeah. So, there's, there's yeah, my. There's not, they can't even do that. The ends justify the means because the ends weren't that significant. Wow, that's great. Oh, did you have more? Chips is the only dog to receive a silver star and distinguished service cross serving the U.S. Army and then have them rescinded. Bobby the Wonder Dog took the longest dog vacation in recorded history. Oh, and if it wasn't clear, uh, the the Leica story, that was true. Obviously, it was true. Good work. Um, Okay. The longest dog vacation? What even is a dog vacation? I mean, don't... I know you're ask, trying to get me with these. Ask me and you'll find out. <laughs> I'm. This is not fair. <laughs> Whereas the other one sounds like a really bad thing and I don't know if people would stand for it unless it's like they rescinded it to give him a higher honor. <laughs> oh no, you gave a look. You guys didn't see, but he gave this weird <laughs> look of like, oh, you can't believe how cruel people get me. Let's go with chip that was my life <laughs> okay chips is the only dog to receive the silver star and distinguished service cross serving in the u.s army and then have them rescinded back in world war ii following the bombing of pearl harbor u.s civilians were able to enlist their dogs in the newly created K9 corps of the u.s army edward j wren of pleasantville new york volunteered his dog chips in general Patton's seventh army chips was a masterful soldier in sicily Chips protected his handler by attacking a machine gun nest and subduing the gunman. He was later wounded during the skirmish, but later that day he alerted his unit of an incoming Italian attack. He also assisted in the capture of ten Italian soldiers. For his service to his country, Chips received the Silver Star, the Distinguished Service Cross, and the Purple Heart. 
So for those unaware, because I was, the Silver Star and Distinguished Service Cross are the third and second highest ranking military medals in the U.S. Army. I Maybe our U.S. Armed Forces, I should have done more research, or I should have written it down. I think I did read it. They are awarded for bravery under fire and or in combat. The only higher ranking me- medal is... Uh, higher than the Distinguished Service Cross. The Medal of Valor? Oh, you're supposed <laughs> <laughs> medal of honor honor hey i played that. the congressional medal of honor <laughs> sorry that was my chair <laughs> and the purple heart is awarded to service members for wounds or loss of life during combat the commander of the order of the purple heart of the time was william thomas he was outraged by giving the medals to a dog and claimed that was an insult to the men who did receive them <sighs> Thomas revoked the awards on the grounds that there was an army policy that stated that animals could not receive award commendations. What? Wait, 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 wait. Which war is this? This is World War II? This is World War II. Oh. This is America? Yes. Oh. Well. Well, because I was thinking back to our pigeon friends. <laughs> they got awards in World War One, but I, they weren't American. You know, so. like, I, I don't recall, but I don't, re- I don't remember if the U.S. used that many carrier pigeons. No, I've also also carrier pigeons was only a thing during World War One. I. I don't think that was. That's why I was I was okay. just saying back to they got medals in World War One and other countries. We're behind in World War Two. We're behind the times, and we're using animals with bigger brains. Anyways, this is the lie. I hate you. The army's adjutant general, Major General James A. Ulio, later ruled that. Chips could keep his medals, but no more medals would be allowed to dogs. Oh, so he's the only one who gets them. He's like, he can have them, but no one else will get them. This rule is still in place today. Medals, <gasps> medals are only awarded to human service members. Oh, that's so messed up. You know how many dogs die all the time with their sniffing minds? And you know how many people I know yeah. came back from Iraq and Afghanistan well, with their pups? Like, be- not with them, but with stories about them saving their lives. And So because of that edict, the U.S. Army is like, well, we can't give medals out to, to non-human service members. And this also applies to, like, horses and, and other <sighs> other things. Well, the SBCA is like, oh, well, we'll... we'll uh, Honor de- them ourselves. We'll, we'll determine, like, who should get the medals. And then the U.S. Army is like, no, a civilian... Uh, uh, outfit uh, yeah, <laughs> not an outfit yeah. uh, civilian business can't determine who should get an army medal so yeah duh. wow okay wow i see how it is so fun fact with this one is the great britain honors military service dogs with the dickon medal which is the dog equivalent of their highest human honor the victoria cross so basically the british army is like well we can't give them like the the highest human medal but we'll make this different one which is basically like the same thing but for non-human things i don't i i should have looked it up but uh, i wonder if they've given it to any horses or anything yeah i have a story uh with a, a good 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 one getting some medals too okay, okay. so this this this, uh, this just crossed my brain but like the the u.s army or excuse me the u.s navy at some point was like hey let's attach mines to dolphins oh yeah yeah we talked about that in the cold war one yeah i wonder if for the radar I mean, like, appara- apparently they didn't give any purple hearts to the dolphins, but I wonder if they ever thought about it. <laughs> They're almost as smart as us. <laughs> You'll have a protest if you don't, I think. I think the dolphins are going to rise up. That was the other thing, was uh, the other reason why uh, 
Major General James A. Ulio ruled that he could keep his medals because there were mass protests back in the U.S. about him keeping his medals. Uh, because I don't know if anybody's ever heard the Bart the man's best friend thing. Like, you know how many people are probably like, you think giving a dog a medal makes me feel worse about my service to the country? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. That dog did great things. <laughs> That's, that, is a, that, that is a non-issue for most, I think, most servicemen and women. <laughs> But who knows? Who knows? We're not, we are not people who have served. We don't know. <laughs> Bobby the Wonder Dog took the longest dog vacation in recorded history. Yeah, okay. Get on with your little Wonder Dog. Sounds really cute, though. <laughs> Bobby the Wonder Dog is from Silverton, Oregon. On a day in February 1924, he showed up on the doorstep of his owners, Frank and Elizabeth Brazier, and their two daughters. This was amazing. Some might even call it a wonder what he did. Oh. Weird. Back in August the previous year, the Braziers were on vacation visiting family in Indiana. They had brought their two-year-old English Shepherd Border Collie mix with them. But Bobby was attacked by a few feral dogs and ran away. After searching in vain, the Braziers reconciled that they would never see Bobby again. Go back to February. Bobby arrived on their doorstep looking mangy, malnourished, and feet pads heavily worn. All signs that he walked the minimum 2,550 miles back from Indiana. I think I remember hearing this, but oh my god, it's still like crazy. He had averaged averaged around 14 miles a day, cross rivers, and the Continental Divide during the winter. People had even recognized him on his travels by his distinct markings, further proving that he walked the entire way. Bobby gained notoriety from this, earning himself keys to cities and medals, He was even the guest of honor at the Portland Home Show in 1925. Bobby passed away in 1927 and was was buried with honors at the Oregon Humane Society. The Portland mayor gave the eulogy, and Rin Tin Tin laid a wreath at his funeral. Aww, he had celebrity dogs at his funeral. Oh, good boy. So the, the vacation was a few months that he walked. It wasn't really a vacation. You're right. That's a complete lie. Thank you for that. It was actually the opposite of vacation. It's like editorialization. <laughs> oh, that's what I should have. I should have known. I thought that you were trying to get me, and you, look, you did it again. Did it again. You did it again. Well, I guess that's the podcast. Uh, don't need to do anything now. Oh, cool. I'm off the hook. <laughs> Shut up. Would you like to hear my story? Yes, please. Okay. Wiener dogs are badger warriors. Okay. China's future army of robotic police dogs. Okay. And Pennsylvania's future army of loot-detecting pooches. That sounds straight out of Fallout. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure the the second one... Can you read that can again? Can I just uh, also note? Yes. Mine are not downers. <laughs> <laughs> What's the second one? The second one is... Hold on. Sorry, it's long. China's future army of robotic police dogs. I'm pretty sure that's true. So let's start there. Okay. China's future army of robotic police dogs. On December 19th of 2018, a very special Kunming wolf dog named Kunzun came into the world. In March of 2019, Kunzun began her training at the Kunming dog base in China to become a police dog, just like her mother. Well, not so much her mother. 
What was it that made little Kunzun so special? Well, she was produced from the cultivated skin cells of a seven-year-old super sleuth of a police dog named Wawang Ma, who had already solved 12 murder cases, 20 other criminal cases, and had received the first-class meritorious dog award by China's Ministry of Public Security. That's right, Kunzun is a clone. A clone with some extraordinary genes. Not a robot. <laughs> In an exploratory method to save money and time on police dog training, the Ministry of Public Security funded the efforts of Synergene Biotechnology Company, a pet cloning corporation based in Beijing, and Yunnan Agricultural University to attempt to clone a police dog who could be trained faster and perform better with the aid of the best girls' and boys' genes. As of 2019, the cost of training a police dog was estimated to be around 500,000 yuan, or over 76,000 USD, and take up to five years to train. Wait, 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 wait. That's, like, not even as much as it takes to get, like, a service dog in, like, the U.S. or in Europe. Like, that's not a lot of money. I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know where I'm going with that either. <laughs> they don't want it to still cost that much, though? <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm like, a clone, of, a clone dog, like, that's... <laughs> clone, clone police dog isn't well isn't... you'll see that can you just fine not even nitpick over the money part of this story i'm sorry i haven't really been listening since you said a clone dog clone dog <laughs> kind of angry though the cloning costs are still pretty steep kunzun was announced to have earned her police badge on august 25th of 2019 for a total of only five months of training lending hope that kunzun may be as meritorious a pup as her donor mother so basically instead of five years of training they got all the way down to five months with her although they did specify that she had some really great genes she came from because her her mom's like insane she's a they call her the sherlock holmes of police dogs <laughs> and although kunzun is a special pup in november of 2019 six more cloned pups from synergene backed by the Beijing Municipal Bureau of Public Security's police dog base, were considered ready for training, this time using the DNA of two Belgian Malinois. Malinois? Malinois? Noise. Malinois. Who had also been deemed great at their jobs. Unfortunately, I have not been able to find any updates on the pupper's progress, so we don't know if they have begun to live up to their donor's high standards. Uh, but a notable thing was that South Korea has been cloning their police dogs since all the way back in 2007. Oh, good for them. And may have a police dog force currently made up of 80% clones, <laughs> used mainly to sniff out drugs at airports and at customs. They've also been kind of on the hook for some of their cloning stuff. But, I mean, they've been doing this way before China. <laughs> well, if you can get five years down to five months, I mean, like, I don't blame them. Like, that's, that's kind of crazy. I was a little... So, um, they took the cells and, you know, they put it into an embryo mm -hmm. and they used a beagle as a surrogate. And I think that's the one part that I'm not crazy about is the surrogacy. But I mean, like, I, I know there's a lot of controversy ever about cloning. Si ever since you said uh, the Sherlock Holmes, all I've been thinking about is wishbone. <laughs> Wishbone's not a beagle. Your eyes got big for beagle. I thought wishbone, is wishbone a beagle? I thought he was is like he a Jack, a, is he a Jack he a Russell? Jack Russell? Oh. Which doesn't make any sense. He must have been like the most well-trained Jack Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, 
hey, I got you this week. Yeah, well, that sucked. <laughs> this, which is weird because I really thought you would have gotten one of them as like, oh, that's obviously true. Well, because I, I did read the second one at some point, but it was years ago, and apparently I read it wrong. It's okay. We always vote because of things like Fallout. We we view robots and clones as the same thing. <laughs> All right, give me give me number three. Number three. Okay. Are you sure? Because the other. Okay. Fine. fine. Give me no, number no, no, one. No, no, no. We'll do number three. It's fine. Pennsylvania's future army of loot detecting pooches. In 2018, Boston's Museum of Fine Arts took on a new kind of employee to help out a wime runner. Wime runner. Wime runner. Named Riley. Riley was going to start his training in learning how to detect clothes moths and other pests that could be dangerous to the museum's priceless collections. But this would not be the only aid our canine friends would be trained to give the world of fine art and antiquities. While Riley was training in Boston to sniff out pests, a program was starting at the Penn Vet Working Dog Center at the University of Pennsylvania to train good boys and girls to detect looted and smuggled artifacts. This comes in response to the booming increase in smuggled cultural artifacts from both Syria and Iraq, the profits of which the UN Security Council has confirmed are being used to fund terrorist organizations. So they kind of want to, you know, nip that one in the bud. According to a 2018 article from The Guardian, an archaeologist named Michael Dante, who has worked in Iran, Iraq, and Syria, confirmed that dogs could already detect soil and agricultural products and believes that their target scents could be further refined. While the four pod members of the Canine Artifact Finders program were not, at that time, allowed to actually sniff antiquities due to their priceless nature, the dogs were being trained to hone in on the smell of Syrian pottery on a cotton swab that had been exposed to the pottery for 72 hours. The hopes for these pups is that they will be able to detect signs of smuggled artifacts from these targeted areas through luggage, cargo containers, and other modes of transport so that a thorough human search is not required, leading to more discoveries, aiding in the preservation of local culture and history in Syria and Iraq, whilst also bungling the plans of possible terrorist funding. Yeah, because, so, you know, things are still kind of crazy in the Middle East and with Syria, and one horrible thing right now is that a lot of places are taking advantage of what's going on and looting the places, and then weird how places where there's people with money are like, you got the antiquities? Yeah, I want some of that. And so then they send them here. Great, love it. Side note, if you remember that scandal with the Green family who owns Hobby Lobby, they had had 3,800 items seized in May of 2018, which belonged to Iraq. They agreed to finally return 11,500 items to Egypt and Iraq in March of 2020, but these smugglers would not be using this as a source of funding if there weren't buyers looking to obtain these looted artifacts. Basically, if there weren't people like Hobby Lobby, we wouldn't have a lot of this kind of stuff. Is this trickle-down economics? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> God, that, which, that's a whole other can of beans. Do, should we cover terrorist organization, organizations at some point, or is that... Because uh, I feel... Because, like, I have, like, three good stories ready to go. I think that we should... And that we should also have a bunch of disclaimers of, we don't know a lot of this stuff, and also please don't look through our search history, even <laughs> Mr. CIA people. Maybe another- I'm sorry, Mr. and Ms. CIA people. <laughs> Peoples. Maybe another after hours. And we'll put it behind a paywall, so 
at least at least we're getting money from the, <laughs> from the FBI. Yeah, right. We're gonna be putting things behind paywalls. <laughs> <laughs> you hear it here first. If you want to get the real dirt, yeah. So so that um. That's kind of interesting. So start started out with a museum, ended with terrorism. <laughs> or, and, I guess I guess ended with Hobby Lobby. I don't know. And puppies sprinkled in a little bit. <laughs> puppies are just the conduit. Aren't we all just conduits, Michael? <laughs> Give me that first one. <laughs> okay, wiener dogs are badge warriors. See this one? I think this one's this like sounded, clickbait. This yeah, this sounded so fake. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's it's on a clickbait. It's I like I thought this was like clickbait. Like, like oh, everybody knows that they no. put that in all the top ten people who love dachshunds know these things. <laughs> no, it it sounds it sounds like uh, here's here's a headline and it's kind of wrong, but here's but the headline's cool, so you click on it anyways. That's that's what it sounded like. Anyways, please read. You're just mad because you lost this week. Anyways. <sighs> I put this one in because it's it's kind of fun. It's one of those cute little things for people who have dogs, I suppose. The dachshund is probably one of the most recognizable breeds of dog on the planet with their long hot dog bodies and short tiny feet. Some might even consider the dachshund to be an ode to man's mad scientist tendencies to play with animal genetics like silly putty. But it might surprise you to find out the dachshund used to be called Dachskrieger or Badger Warrior. Although the timeline of the dachshund's origins is debatable, the first written accounts of the breed originate from the early 18th century. <laughs> you like losing it over here. It is known that dachshunds were bred to exterminate badgers that were eating German farmers' crops, and many of their key physical characteristics were chosen just for this task. Flopping ears to keep dirt and seeds out of the ear canals, short legs to keep them close to the ground, narrow snouts to fit in small holes, and that cute curved tail did double duty as a way to see the dog in the grass, as well as act as a handle to pull the dog out of the hole if they got stuck. <laughs> I don't know if any dachshund that I would dare touch the tail of, I have to say. Let alone pull it out of the hole. Yeah. Yep, we basically bred the wiener dog to be a fuzzy Swiss army knife. Well, it could be argued all pure dog breeds were created that way, but this is about the distinguished and feared dachshund. Actually, I'm only half kidding about that last part. Although now the dachshunds we see are treated more like lap dogs than keen hunters, especially in the States, they are not the easiest dog to train and are known to be incredibly stubborn. Popular children's author E.B. White once said of the dachshund... Oh, that's the one that wrote uh, Charlotte's Web. Yes. <laughs> I just want to make sure. <laughs> I knew that. Oh, okay. Sorry, audience. He knew that. Damn. <laughs> yeah, please explain more things to the audience, because obviously I get all these things. <laughs> yeah, that's why. This is for you guys. He's so smart. His head's so bad. How's the brain? I knew I knew who E.B. White was. Yeah, you read it I every play, night before bed. I play Jeopardy. I play Jeopardy. Okay, so E.B. White won instead of the dachshund. I would rather train a striped zebra to balance an Indian club than induce a dachshund to heed my slightest command. When I address Fred, his dachshund, I never have to raise either my voice or my hopes. He even disobeys me when I instruct him in something he wants to do. Yes, yes, that's definitely E.B. White. <laughs> okay, but I do have, let's see, there's a notable that's directly related to this. Uh, a not-so-fun fact about the dachshund. 
in a 2008 University of Pennsylvania study. Once again, the University of Pennsylvania's uh, dog research center there is just always pumping out this info. The cutting edge of dog technology. (laughs) Is it in Pennsylvania? (laughs) University of Pennsylvania study of 6,000 dog owners found that smaller breeds were more likely to be genetically predisposed towards aggressive behavior, with dachshunds ranking as the most aggressive, with 20% having bitten strangers as well as other dogs. They conclude that because smaller dogs were less likely to cause serious damage, the bites are underreported. So, if you think that you're terrified of chihuahuas, there's a reason. (laughs) But yeah, apparently dachshunds are the most aggressive in that this is a 2008 and it was uh, self-reported from owners. I doubt much has changed in 12 years. (laughs) Probably not. Small dogs terrify me. I've never had a small dog that I was like, oh, comfortable, it's not going to try to chew my face off. Uh, did you have any more notables? Uh, yeah. Well, I had I had a couple honorable mentions. Well, I I guess I had two. So I I mentioned Rin Tin Tin, and obviously you know who that is. But uh, yeah, because I almost did a story, and I was like, no, that's another one. Everybody, does. yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Yeah. So I made it a honorable mention. But basically, Rin Tin Tin is the only non-human actor to win an Academy Award. And I wish I wrote down what movie it was for. Man, I really did not do much work on this one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Michael, the dogs are going to love you no matter what. <laughs> They'll never hate you for how much research you did or didn't do. So Wait, wait, wait. Did other actors get upset because uh, Egon McCabe because Award? Won, uh, his, his <laughs> it belittles my work. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, just, I can't get over that. So I mentioned that uh, I, I mostly focused on dog stories uh, this week. And uh, my other honorable mention uh, is more of the same. Do you know who uh, Bertain, the Golden Retriever, is? No. Oh. Because I figured it sounded familiar. It probably does, but I don't know off the top of my head. So her first... Like, I couldn't come up with a good name for it, but basically her first mission was looking for survivors after 9-11. Oh, baby girl. She was the last surviving search dog and passed away in 2016 at 16 Aww. years old. Yeah, she was like barely... She was She was a little bit over a year old when... When she was put into service. Wow. Yeah. What a good girl. Yeah. Uh, I just had the, um, was that all? Yeah, no, that rounds out all my bummers. Oh, okay, cool, 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 Uh, yeah, and then I just had the added, um, dog facial muscles have evolved to be more expressive in order to communicate with humans better, i.e., uh, wolves don't even have eyebrow muscles and now we have dogs that look like they're telling us but 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 why don't you give me all of your food (laughs) so that is an evolutionary thing to specifically communicate with humans supposedly that's what the studies say they change every bazillion years yeah but i yeah but i believe it yeah because you know i never see a wolf go but 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 why didn't you give me your child? <laughs> but, 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 why can't you, why can't I keep chewing on your leg? But, 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 I'm such a good boy. <laughs> we're cutting all this, we promise. Uh, <laughs> eh, maybe. These are going to cut a lot. I, d- I doubt half of this will get cut. Yeah, this is just for you guys. Um, is that all you have? That is all I have. Well, then, one more time. All right, let's go down. Cheers. Cheers.
So anyways, thank you for listening. I'm Michael. I'm Brenna. Have a good one. Bye. Nope. Yes. You see, the problem is I just don't ever know what the button. For show ideas, inaccuracies, or general comments, you can email us at thelivepatrol at gmail.com. Intro and outro music provided by The Simulation Hypothesis by Revolution Void, found on the Free Music Archive, CCPY license. Thank you for listening. Uh, well, thank you for listening, and I'm Michael. We'll see you later. Have a good one. Bye. This cut me off. Sorry. I didn't mean to say my name. I didn't say mine. You did. I'm Michael. You literally said I'm Michael, oh. and then you said bye. You want to redo it? Yes. Okay. We have to not act like we're dumb.